great and I'm feeling really healthy. Well, that's very appropriate considering who our guest is today. Uh, today we are talking about fitness and, uh, and why it's important, especially as we get older, why it's important to try and maintain that stuff. I know Bruce, you're, you're very active. I try and stay pretty active myself, um, but it's not as easy as just, you know, uh, especially as we get older, it's just like, okay, I'm going to go run five miles. I'm going to do that every day. If we did that every day, especially as we got, especially as we grow older, I don't know if that would necessarily go well all of the time. I think it's so important that we start to, you know, especially as we get older to, to listen to our bodies, but also to to really have an exercise or a fitness routine that is unique to our to our needs, right? And I know that's something that you uh, that you've had the chance to uh, to do with our, our guest today, Bruce, uh, with you and Jean, uh, getting that personalized health plan, right? That's right, Chris. Uh, I think one thing I want to say is that not only are we, you know, trying to keep ourselves fit, but just about everybody I know in my age group, you know, 60, 65 in that area. If somebody's had a shoulder replaced, a knee replaced, I have a friend that had two knees replaced and another friend that had two shoulders replaced. And so I had back surgery and hip surgery. So I'm sure most of you listening out there either had some kind of surgery or maybe looking towards one. I'm not sure because again, as we age, our joints get a little stiff and they start to tear a little bit, but I can't tell you how important it is for myself and my wife, Jean. She had her knees done. Uh, I had a back surgery, as I said. And so getting a, a really good program that fits who you are is so important as opposed to just, you know, doing a generalized exercise program that you see on the internet, uh, you know, based on just about, or not based on, on your particular situation. So. Today, Holly, who is on today, she has designed a program. She's our personal trainer, and uh, we feel so good. Uh, some days we walk around and we just look up in the sky and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, because folks our age, some of them you know, can't walk maybe 100 feet or 200 feet, and we're walking four or five miles a day. And I think the other real important thing is that the program is designed for the everyday life, for the everyday life, such as sitting, getting up from a chair. How about getting down to the floor and picking something up? All of the exercises are designed on daily movements that we all have, we don't think about. And so when I do bend down to pick something up, my back isn't screaming, it feels great. And then going downstairs and upstairs, and I think it's critical that we keep this as a lifelong program so we can stay independent and healthy as long as we possibly can. Yeah. I mean, and I know we've talked in many of our previous episodes about, you know, some of the obstacles that present themselves as, as physical setbacks start to, um, to occur, like, you know, as far as like stairs and things like that. And of course, you know, we can't necessarily stave these things off forever, but as you said, uh, you know, really, 
but putting in the effort to really avoid uh, to avoid that stuff for for as long as possible and to avoid some of the severity that can occur if you're not, you know, taking care of yourself the way that you should, which, you know, hey, it's easy to do it. I think we've all had spells of time where we've not felt that we've been, you know, our healthiest. Uh, And also that the personalized aspect of this exercise, I was just thinking now of of how uh, not about a year and a half ago, I just started to uh, run every day because I wasn't uh, going into my exercise routine with any guidance uh, at all. And I was just, you know, you know, just doing something out of the box. And, you know, in those situations, sometimes if we're not careful, if we don't uh, go into it with someone that knows what they're doing, especially as we're getting older, we do risk the potential for injury, which, uh, you know, that's horrible, right? The, the, not a worse thing in the world than I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to start exercising. And what do you do as a result of that? You, you hurt yourself. Nobody wants that. I didn't want that. So uh, we're, we're excited today to talk to Holly because she's going to talk to us about how we can personalize our, our exercise routines and really get the most out of our, out of our fitness. Chris, you know, uh, there's another reason I think we need to stay healthy and in good shape. And you and I, we have something in common. We're both in a rock band. Oh yeah, (laughs) I know you're much younger, but believe it or not, I am in a band. I'm play lead guitar in a band called the love and kind. You can look it up. Love and and kind, no G. (laughs) And the thing is with being in a band, you're on a stage for sometimes four hours holding a 10 pound guitar you have to be in pretty darn good shape for that. Absolutely. And, and you get so much enjoyment. I've seen you on stage, Bruce, you do a wonderful job. You're a great guitar player, uh, but it's also something that brings you so much joy. And I know that there are, you know, whether or not our listeners are specifically rock guitarists or not, uh, a lot of the things that we do that bring us joy in our everyday life, whether it be playing a guitar or not, or something else, you know, it does require us to keep that level of fitness. So that's a, gr- a great point. And another reason that we should strive to uh, stay on top of this stuff so we can do the things that we love. So with that being said, let's talk to Holly. She's going to tell us how we can stay fit and keep doing the things we love. Let's get right to it. So I'm really excited for our guest today. Um, She's the owner of Fitness Together in Mequon and Whitefish Bay, and she's been doing this for almost two decades. So uh, I wanted to welcome in Holly Tam. Welcome, Holly. How are you? I am well. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Uh, it's it's absolutely our pleasure. Uh, so just uh, to get this out of the way, would you mind ex- uh, explaining to folks what fitness together is and you know, how it's different than maybe a gym or is it a gym or, or what what is fitness together? Uh, yes, so very much not a gym. Um, not a gym. We, we call ourselves a studio. Um, and fitness together, it, it's a national franchise and we are uh, one-on-one, private personal training studio. And so we do all of our training and our work with clients in their own private training suite. And because we focus on just the client and just the training, we're able to individualize the programs and give clients exactly what they need for their specific goals. So kind of very, very personalized personal training. And this is just for, this is for anyone actually you actually specialize working with older adults which is why we 
have you on today, uh, which we're going to get into later. But this is, you know, I, I, I was telling you before when we talked, like, I think a personal trainer, oh, that's got to be for someone that's uh, going to be a bodybuilder, or they're about to run a marathon. Those are the people that have personal trainers, right? But no, I, I was wrong. This can actually be for anyone and actually is used very frequently by those that are a lot of older, uh, older adults over 60 into their 70s. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. Most of our clients are, um, you know, between the age of 50 and 80. Okay. Um, and I like to say that we have a lot of athletes that we train, but they are athletes for life, for general life. Um, you know, not competitive, you know, bodybuilding or marathon running, as you mentioned, but um, they want to be more athletic in their daily life. So, sure. um, and yeah. And yeah, and just be healthier and all that good stuff that comes with exercise. Now I was, I was doing some preparation. I looked at your LinkedIn and I saw that you actually went uh, through quite a bit of, of schooling uh, and have a very large education background in, in like fitness and how the body works. Is that right? Yes. So my, both my undergrad and my master's degree are both in kinesiology, which is a very fancy word for the study of human movement. Um, and so, yeah, lots of exercise, physiology, biology, um, functional anatomy, watching how the body moves. And, and within my master's program, we also focus a little bit on the psychological and social aspects of, of human beings and, and exercise and sport as well. So it, I had a very well-rounded approach to my studies to, to get me ready for where I am today. Absolutely. That that's actually what I wanted to, uh, I, I brought that up because I wanted to talk about the fact that you make a real personalized exercise plan for each individual. Um, so that, that is, that is part of what fitness together does. So, um, I wanted to dive into that just a little bit. How do you go about doing that? So someone comes in, uh, maybe they are, um, Maybe they recently had some surgery. Maybe they are uh, experiencing some soreness. I know as we get older, that stuff happens more and more. Um, so how do you go about really um, assessing what their personalized training or exercise ex experience is going to be? Yeah, so it really starts, um, first step is always to, to listen. So we ask a lot of questions about um, a person's past, um, the present and, and then the future. So where, where they've been, where they are now and, and where they want to go. And we ask a lot of questions, not only physically, but we also tap into the mental and emotional side of where they're at currently. Um, because that comes into play because, you know, we talk about this as a journey. Um, it's not, it's not just, you know, most people don't get to a certain point in, in their fifties or sixties in one day. So they're not going to come out of it one day. So, so we, we try to gather as much information as we can um, about where they've been and where they want to go. And that gives us a perfect snapshot of where they are right now. And then gives us an idea of how to get them where they want to go. Well, I love that idea of like that really fully comprehensive um, approach, you know, taking in the the, the mental and emotional aspects of, 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 of all of this. And uh, I think that's, that's really, really cool and very, very unique. 
And someone that can talk to us about this unique uh, process that Fitness Together does. Uh, actually, one of your clients, we've got one of them with us today. Of course, uh, he is Bruce. Uh, so Yes, so, I am. Yeah, so Bruce, I was wondering if you could uh, share with us your experience in working with Holly and why, why you were inspired to bring her on the show today. I got to say, Holly, you are amazing. Is that okay if I say that on the show? Uh, Thank you. When, when I came to fitness together, I was really in kind of bad shape. I had back surgery, hip surgery, um, and I'm a golfer. I love, love golfing. And I was really experiencing a lot of hip pain even after my surgeries, and they had been a while ago. And so I came to fitness together because I really wanted to stay active. I'm a boomer. And, you know, our joints are starting to fall apart a little bit as we get older. And so I came there and they, they really did things differently. I belonged to the Y before and I kind of did exercise on my own. And what I found was I was doing, I don't know, 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups. And then I wasn't doing anything else. And all of a sudden, my wife, Jean, said, you know, Bruce, it looks like you're kind of starting again bent over you look like a caveman or something <laughs> so, uh, um, I realized that I probably needed to exercise a few of the other muscles in my body uh, so I think I was overusing some and not using uh, other muscles as I should so when I came in there uh, Holly um, designed a program for me just first she found out everything about me and where I was hurting and and so uh, in that program, she explained to me, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're doing too many of this and not enough of that. And so I've been going there for, I think about 10 years already. Um, and I, I am in most, most days I'm pain-free. I'm playing golf two, three times a week. Um, and I, I'm just feeling great. And so then I brought my wife, Jean, into it, who also, was not exercising as much as she should. And both of us now, um, you know, can walk uh, for miles without pain. And uh, Jean does a lot of things she wasn't doing before. So Holly, all I could say is thank you. Well, you're welcome. You guys are dedicated clients. You come in and you, and you work hard. So you get Although really good results. I, I, which is I know awesome. that you're very attentive to the uh, to the tennis shoes that I wear. Um, sometimes <laughs> I cut the grass and then I come in for a workout. Oh, he's and, coming in with the green uh, shoes? Is that right? Other Molly? than that, I think I'm a good student. Yeah, sometimes, you know, his workout involves, you know, mopping the floor like by hand or, you know, something <laughs> like that. But I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We never make him do that, but I'll give him a little grief once in a while. <laughs> Um, so, so Holly, you, we, so we established that you do have a, a larger client base that is, I guess what we would call, uh, in the, the baby boomer, uh, generation, Bruce, obviously being one of them. And, and he was talking about that, that he was coming in to, uh, the situation with, you know, having some lingering, you know, back pain, uh, knee pain, I think you might've said too. Uh, so what I wanted to ask you, Holly, is what are, what are common, um, injuries or issues that you see uh amongst this age group when when you have clients that are coming in like what are they coming in the door uh with 
common yeah so probably the the top three um would definitely be low back pain um i if, if i had to pick a number one that would that would probably be it low back pain um close second might be knees and uh and, and we get a lot of shoulder too a lot of shoulder issues but low back and knees are probably the most common um you know both of those areas of the body take a lot of they take a beating sure um in in our everyday lives and um so yeah that, that's probably the most common thing we hear is you know aches and pains here and there and um you know people aren't always sure it's not always an injury in fact most often it, it's not necessarily an acute injury it's just well my back bothers me doing this or that or my knees bother me doing you know this that or the other thing and i would imagine that could be initially a, a reason that someone might be uh, be a little adversive to being uh, active or, or exercising regularly if they're having some pains and stuff like that. But you're, uh, of course, through what, at least according to what Bruce was saying, uh, using uh, the, the program that you um, set for him was able to alleviate a lot of those uh, pains and, and things like that. So you can actually use exercise as a way to, to get out of uh, that place of, of being in pain. Absolutely. You know, pain is pain is an indicator that something is wrong. So most people's tendency is, well, we stop because if I stop doing that, then the pain goes away. So that must be good. Um, and, and sometimes that, that is the case, but, but more often than not, uh, you know, pain and discomfort is a, is a result of an imbalance or something that's off at a different place in the body. So sometimes it's just a matter of, okay, you know, in Bruce's case, it was, you know, sort of overworking one area and not working another area enough. So, you know, once we balance that out and, and, uh, you know, g give him a more balanced approach, then, you know, voila, things, things feel a little bit better. So sometimes it is that easy, well, easy for us because, you know, we, we know what to look for and how to balance it out. But, you know, when you're, when you're on your own trying to figure this stuff out, it's really difficult. People don't want to be in pain. So, um, and I think, you know, the and first tendency is to stop. For sure. And I, I was, I, I interrupted there to, to, cause I can absolutely relate in, in, in the, uh, in the sense that I don't know what exactly to do. Like, okay, well, I'm feeling sore here. I'm feeling this here. I'm trying, I mean, I'm someone that tries to, uh, you know, forge my own way into the, the fitness world and my daily exercises, but I don't, you know, it's not being monitored uh, by anyone that would be anything close to a professional. Cause I'm it's just me. And so we, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and so I don't know if it's, you know, am I, am I helping? Am I hurt? And, and some, it can be very intimidating. And, you know, uh, and then we run into that mindset, like I had of, oh, well, personal trainer. Okay. Well, that's, that's not for me because I'm not, you know, training to do this or that. And I mean, we can get into some of the other, some of the other obstacles that might come in, uh, into play when we're making that decision, but, you know, needing that, having that guidance, I think would be so, uh, I mean, I'm just listening to it. I'm like, I would personally, I would personally love that. Um, so, but before we get into, um, how to, um, how to best plan our, our, our exercises and things like that. What are perhaps things that people that are listening now could do to avoid or, or stop the, uh, you know, the, the beatings that our lower backs or our knees are taking? What are things that people can maybe do in their everyday lives right now to, to get into a better place with that and to avoid having some of this pain linger down the road? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, there, there's a few things that can be really helpful. 
number one is is probably just making sure to stay as active as possible, but active with with a balanced routine. Um, and, and by balanced, you know, our definition is making sure that there is resistance training, cardiovascular training, that flexibility and mobility are taken into cons, um, consideration. Um, and then, you know, another huge piece of the puzzle is making sure that those activities are in three planes of motion. And this is probably what I would consider the biggest downfall of most people's approaches to their exercise program is they forget that we live in a three-dimensional world and our joints and our bodies function in a three-dimensional world, but we're very linear people. And the more we sit and the more we're on our computers and phones and, you know, um, just not as active, the more linear we become. And it's one of those things where, you know, if I, if I stand up and I have to go to the side, I don't walk sideways to get there. I turn and face forward and I walk forward to get there. So we, we almost never purposely move our bodies in, in a sideways or lateral motion and a rotational motion. So the body gets used to being linear and, and that puts a huge amount of stress on, on joints that function in three dimensions if we never move them. So, um, even just incorporate making sure that the exercises that we are choosing, you know, are, are moving people through multiple planes of motion, I, I think is huge for making sure that the body stays loose and healthy and mobile. You know, Holly, as you're saying that, um, I've had several friends over the years that have been joggers. Um, you know, they think that if I jog five miles a day, God, that's got to be really healthy for me. And I'm just thinking of one friend in particular who I really envied because he could, you know, go in marathons and 20 miles at, at a crack. And he ended up with uh, both knees replaced, a hip replaced, uh, back surgery when he got into his 60s. And that bouncing up and down and stress on the body um, I, I take it as good, but what do you say to somebody who says, you know, I'm a jogger, I love jogging. Um, and then how do you offset that so that you don't end up like my friend? Yeah, that, that's a tough one, you know, cause there are a lot of people that, you know, they love to run. Um, it, it gives them lots of benefits. They, they enjoy it. They're motivated to do it. Um, and, and that's, that's great, you know, but it, that's a high impact activity and not everybody's body is designed to, to handle that high impact activity. Um, there is a lot of variation in, you know, from body to body with what the joints and, and muscles and, and tissue can handle. Um, your friend sounds like, you know, his body that might've been too much over the years, you know, the, the body just broke down. Um, some bodies don't, you hear of these exceptions, right? The 80 year old that's running marathons and that sort of thing. Um, so it can happen, but that's the exception more than the rule. And, you know, I always, when people are big runners, my advice is always just to make sure that the cross training approach is there. So if you're going to run, you know, every day, then make sure that's balanced with a strength, you know, a strength training program or resistance training, maybe some swimming or an elliptical or something that is very different than running that still challenges the body, but challenges it in a different way to get that well-rounded approach. Is the well, elliptical? I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bruce. I just had this question. Uh, Holly, you know, um, too, I, I hear a lot that um, you can get almost maybe the same benefit by walking 
going for maybe brisk walks and that kind of thing rather than the five mile jog every day. Uh, is that true? It can be. Yeah, I mean, res, res, um, walking is definitely a form of resistance training as well. Um, I, I think the, the, the biggest difference is probably in the elevation of the heart rate. So if we're talking about it in terms of, hey, they're equal, um, they're both beneficial for cardiovascular health, then the question is, okay, just maybe make sure you're walking at a pace that does elevate your heart rate to challenge that a little bit, or maybe walking up and down hills once in a while to make it a little bit more challenging for the heart. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, both are great activities. The difference is, you know, running is just a little bit in general, more hard, uh, more difficult on the body, more challenging. Yeah, absolutely. As someone, I, as someone that's been recently getting into running myself over the summer and the last year, I can attest it is, a. Uh... Much harder than walking <laughs> yes. uh, for those long, longer distances as well. Um, but, but I, I do wanted to follow up. Uh, you, you mentioned that something even like the elliptical could be different than running and work different muscles as someone that personally has done a lot of running and then will sometimes on the off days from running do the elliptical. Is that different enough? Is that, is that, or, cause I, I would often think, oh my gosh, I'm doing kind of like the same thing. Yeah, I think the key is um, when it comes to cardiovascular training, um, it, it's just to, and even training in general for the body, it's to constantly be challenging the body in different ways. So our bodies will get used to any repeated stimuli that they are exposed to. They're amazing machines, right? So if we live in the Midwest, our bodies get acclimated to the climate here. If we go to the desert and live there, our bodies will get acclimated to the weather there. Um, the same is with exercise. So if we do the same thing over and over again at the same intensity for the same amount of time, day after day after day, the body gets used to that and it no longer becomes a challenge. And then the amount of growth and change within the body also kind of reaches a plateau. So when it comes to like an elliptical versus running, you know, I always just say, Hey, maybe change it up. Right. So maybe you run at a constant pace. Maybe you do five miles, eight minutes a mile, maybe on the elliptical, you do sprints instead where you, you know, go really fast, your heart rate gets up, then you let it rest. So constantly varying what you do um, is also really important to make sure that the body is constantly challenged and growing. Interesting. Well, that, that's really, really, really good to know. Uh, now, I know, so we talked about walking and, and running and, and of course, some basic things people can do at a, at a gym or a home gym or a gym they might belong to. But uh, what are, uh, since everyone, uh, since since people have a variety of different uh, levels of access and ability and all that stuff, what are some common things besides maybe running or walking uh, that people can do to, to stay fit at home? Just like, you know, as, as a basic, uh, a basic way to, to keep, uh, you know, challenging their body a little bit and, and staying in, in fit uh, and, and trying to stay fit. Believe it or not, your home is filled with all kinds of awesome things that you can use to help yourself exercise. And we oh. found that out when we went virtual, when the pandemic hit. I um, bet, I, we, I imagine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, broomsticks, towels, you know, gallons of milk. We lifted toolboxes. I mean, we lifted all kinds of stuff. Basically, anything that's, that's heavy can be a weight. It can be a dumbbell. Sure. Um, you know, and, and so there's lots of things, you know, stairs, walking up and down stairs, great cardiovascular activity. Uh, Bruce had a little in-home training. He probably has some, some, some ideas of some, some of the goofy things we made him do. Toolboxes, <laughs> milk jugs. 
<laughs> I, I would have to say it was interesting. Uh, it was nice that we basically had our gym right in our living room. We didn't have to, you know, get all dressed up and go. But uh, I have to say being in the studio is, is so much nicer. But I, I do recall uh, we put one of those uh, stretch bands in our uh, doorstop and I pulled the door out of the hinge. So <laughs> I, didn't, I don't think I did it properly. Actually. <laughs> but uh, it was fun. So also there's clearly a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that you can do just around the house. I was thinking when you were talking about um, moving, you know, well, people don't move sideways, you know, typically or, you know, we're, we're, if we need to go somewhere and get I need to go over to the side to get something, I'm going to change the way my body's moving. I'm going to, you know, go forward in that direction, but that we're not always you know, moving and, you know, we're not moving to the side. So maybe, maybe it's just, uh, we need to have more dance parties or something like that, you know, where we're doing like some shuffles or, or, you know, some side movements some backs. <laughs> I don't know. That seems like the only, uh, everyday, well, I don't know if it's an everyday occurrence. It's not an everyday occurrence for me, but it seems like a comment, like when else are we going to just be like, and walk to the side? Like I was just, I was, there was envisioning claps and stuff as I was. I like it. <laughs> mandatory dance breaks mandatory dance breaks okay so that is something that you can that we can all do we can all do if you're listening to this put this on pause go have a dance break <laughs> resume the episode afterwards you're already listening to something so you're, you're buying audio source so you know maybe that's uh, Chris, it yeah. yeah as we as we do these podcasts you know and i listen to you and i listen to our guests i'm always thinking i'm thinking about what what the people listening to this are thinking and i know that one thing we really didn't talk about that's really really important because i i again it's my cohort that we're talking to and i see my friends and so many are either going to have surgery you know knee replacements hip replacements they're getting the shots in their knee joints uh, that new gel that's come out uh, i had another friend with a shoulder uh, replacement so Many of the folks out there listening, I suspect, either have someone they love or themselves who are scheduled for some kind of surgery or just maybe even had it, maybe it was five, 10 years ago. But what I do see is that many of the folks that I know that have had surgery, then there's the follow-up, then there's that rebuilding cycle. And so many people seem to kind of fall off the rehabilitation wagon and then start complaining again about the same problem they had before the, before the surgery. So Holly, um, I bring this up because I just want to ask you, what do you see? Do, are people um, coming to you post-surgical and maybe they didn't or aren't following the right rehab uh, and then are exacerbating the issue they had before they had surgery? Yeah, we get a lot of that. A lot of post-op, you know, in some cases, usually, you know, physical therapy is, is recommended in a lot of cases with surgery, right? So you get so many sessions, usually not as many as you need based on most the average health insurance plan. So yeah, physical therapy ends and, and it was great, but then there's the, the now what, and now I have to do it on my own. And now I can't remember what to do. And oh my gosh, now it's hard. And I'd rather, <laughs> rather do something else and not this. And how much do I do it? And yeah, it's, it's a big deal and a big problem because if you have the surgery, you know, you want to make sure you're set up well to, to not certainly not have the surgery again or not make things worse, worse, but the rehab is a huge part of it. And the strength training 
or whatever the whatever is needed afterwards. So yeah, we 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 definitely get that a lot. That, that's a big that's a big one. And Holly, as I'm listening to you talk about that, uh, I'm I'm thinking what about the about the piece you mentioned earlier, which is that emotional, um, emotional, mental support that is part of, of what you do. And, you know, as, as someone that maybe is um, they're you know, rehabbing from surgery and maybe they haven't done the physical therapy that they mean, maybe that they should have been doing, maybe they feel guilty about that, or maybe they used to be a marathon runner and now you know, they're, they're not able to do what they used to do from an athletic standpoint. And they, they feel shame about that, or they feel, oh, so the, the easiest thing is avoid it. Like I'm just, I, I haven't <laughs> been doing my physical therapy or I, you know what? I used to run eight miles every morning and I can't do that anymore. I, I, so I'm just going to avoid it. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to maybe, I'll, you know, so, so how do you deal with folks, uh, on, from that level, or, you know, how, how do you, how does that emotional support uh, aspect come in when we're dealing with, uh, with stuff like this? Yeah. The, the emotional aspect of all of this is huge and, and it's challenging sometimes as trainers, because it's not the stuff that's taught to you in school. Sure. You know, we're taught the science behind everything, but when people are coming to us, it's usually, in a place where, you know, they're, they're vulnerable. They, you know, in some cases have shame, like you mentioned, like I should be able to do this. It's probably the number one thing I hear is I should be able to do this on my own. And, and, you know, we quickly try to just break down that barrier and make them feel comfortable. Like you should, but so should everybody else. It's really hard to do this stuff on your own. And with technology being as advanced as it is, we have screens everywhere. If we all did everything we needed to on our own, we could just get workouts on our screens and, and we would be fine. I mean, I wouldn't even have a business if people did all this stuff on their own and did it exactly how they were supposed to and for how long and at the right intensity and didn't hurt themselves. So yeah, we really try to just listen, make people feel comfortable and, and try to meet them where they're at right this moment. And, and that's a big piece of it too, is, you know, we can't be just, you know, going guns and blazes and, and throwing all kinds of, you know, a million different changes at them. Okay. Well, you're going to change this and this and this is like, no, okay, let's just step one. Let's change this one thing. Let's add some exercise. Let's add some. And so the accountability is the other big piece of it. Right. And it's kind of circling back to the rehab, you know, I, I think 17 years ago when I started, there wasn't as much fitness on every corner like there is now. So I feel like we sold the trainer and the workout because screens weren't smart and we didn't have access to so much information like we do. Fast forward all these years and, and now I think a big part of what we sell and offer as a service is the accountability. So it's somebody that's going to, you know, you show up and then we're your coach. We're gonna tell you how to do it. We're gonna do the thinking. We're gonna make sure it's designed specifically for you. And then we're gonna cheer you on and do it. And then if if you're not doing it, you're not showing up or you're not doing your homework on your own, then we're going to hold you accountable for that. And, and hopefully all with the ultimate goal of, you know, helping you get a little healthier and, and better in your wellness journey. I think that part is invaluable too, because yeah, like you mentioned, I can go on my phone or on the internet and find a, a, a ton of, of exercises that I could do at home or like right now I could start, I could start P90X. I don't know what, probably, <laughs> I don't think I need anything for that. I could, but I don't. Uh, and, and, to, and, and also to have that um, accountability 
I, I think is just because if you know I can it's really easy to be like well I told myself I was gonna do this and then <laughs> oh well you know stuff came up but, but you know really and, and also putting that commitment down and being like I'm committing to this I'm, I'm committing to having that accountability partner or you know partners and, and really you have uh it becomes more real when you have that little more that amount of uh skin in the game a little more skin in the game you know holly i know we're we're kind of telling the folks out there you know giving them some great ideas talking about in your case fitness together which is just fabulous i'd recommend it to anybody but i know what they're probably many are thinking that's that's fine and dandy. I just retired. I'm on a real fixed income right now. And is my insurance going to pay for this? And in most cases, I know um, it won't. And how much should I invest? How important is it? Or should I put this money in my savings account for a rainy day? Because I don't know how long I'm going to live and all that. So what do you what do you hear from folks that come in versus, okay, I know I want to do this. I don't know if I can afford it. Um, what can you tell the folks out there? Yeah, cost is always a big question. Uh, probably the number one question we get besides what do you guys do? <laughs> Next question is usually how much does it cost? And yeah, you know, a lot goes into deciding what someone will or won't be able to invest in this. Um, you know, I had a client that you know, once say, I, I can't afford to not afford this. And, um, you know, she really, she really struggled from a financial standpoint to be able to afford it. But for her, it wasn't even an option to not because of the value that she got out of it. And so, you know, what I always tell people is like, look, okay, maybe, maybe this isn't a lifelong commitment for you, but but maybe if, if you give us a few months and invest in, in a few months, we you will learn so much about your body. You'll be able to, to know what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it and, and how hard you're supposed to push yourself and how not to hurt yourself. And, and then maybe the one-on-one -on -one training isn't long-term, but then maybe you could join a group exercise class or something that might be a little bit more cost-effective. Um, but I, I think uh, no matter what, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a trainer, um, finding some help in the beginning of the journey is, is crucial to, to making sure that it, it's done right. And then, you know, from there, yeah, that depends a lot on, on people and what they want to invest in and how much they, they can invest or are willing to. Um, but, but getting that guidance in the beginning, it, it saves you so much time. And, you know, you think about, okay, I, I truly believe it. If we all had a we all had a glass ball and we could see into the future and we could see what our future would look like if we didn't exercise now. So if we could see that slip and fall that you don't catch yourself on or that, you know, the, the health concerns, the insurance costs, the, the medical bills, the, the things that would pile up later in life, if we could see all of that. And then we were told, Hey, if you just, if you just do strength training two or three times a week, now all of that will be avoided. I truly believe we'd have a lot more people exercising than we do now. It's just that we can't see that, right? So we're exercising and we don't, we don't know what we're preventing down the road by doing these things now. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest key is having that forward mindset. You know, Holly, that, that 
of everything you said, I think is that is the most poignant and really hits me in that if we could see our future and see the future costs that we'll pay because, you know, we didn't do it now, but we saved those few little dollars now, you know, penny wise, dollar foolish kind of thing. And so I have, I have friends that tell me they want to live to 120 years old. And I think to myself, um, you know, you better think about maybe five years for starters, <laughs> because you're not exercising. And I, I don't know if you're going to make it to the end of the decade, but I, of course, wouldn't say that. But, <laughs> but I think that what of everything you said that that is that really hits home is the cost that you would pay later by uh, trying to save a few a few dollars now um, is is really what people should consider. And I've even had people say, um, especially around here in the winter, you know, after three months, uh, you know, I had a lady say I was outside and hit some black ice. And she said, I, I totally caught myself. I didn't fall. And she's like, last year I would have fallen and I probably would have hurt something and broke something. And she's like, but I didn't because I feel like all the balance training and the things we did here, you know, were, were really helpful. And so sometimes you can even feel that and know that maybe things are better. Sometimes you can't. But, um, and one of the coolest things too, is it's never, it's never too late to start. And I, I think some people have that mindset too, as we get older, well, this is just, this is just how it's going to be. And we have, a, our oldest client is 93 and she came to us when she was 89 because she had some hip wow. issues and some back issues. And so she was like, I need to exercise. I need to get stronger. And four years later. You know, she turned 93 a couple months ago. So it is definitely never too late to start. And when so, we talk about when we talk about starting, Holly, are, are there different um, are there different like packages or different approaches that you can take at, at fitness together? I mean, you mentioned some people might, oh, can I, I'll do it for all, a few months. Or are there different uh, uh, as far as like, oh, well, there's one package where you might come in twice a week or once a week, or is it all kind of the same or how, how does that work? Yeah, we try to work with each person, see see where they're at, what what they want to accomplish. We make professional recommendations on, uh, you know, frequency and and that sort of thing based on on what people want to accomplish in their goals, um, and, and financially certainly that that plays a part to what what people can afford. And, and then we just try to help them in whatever way possible. So we have a lot of different package options because everybody comes in with a different scenario. Um, you know, we have some people that train with a partner, some people that train with a small group, some people train by themselves. Um, and so there's definitely options for more cost-effective approaches to still be able to help people. And then, you know, sometimes if you can't come as often, multiple times a week, okay, well then maybe you come once a week and then we give you some homework to do on your own. And, but at least you have some accountability uh, week to week, you know? So yeah, we have a lot of different options to help people. Well, that's, that's good to know. I think, you know, certainly someone that might have a, a busier schedule or just might be, you know, uh, limited uh, from a financial standpoint, being like, you know, knowing that and knowing you could maybe come in once a week and then do some stuff on your own at home as, as homework, that might be a really, I think that's just really good information to have as far as for someone that might be looking at, uh, at, at starting now, which as you said, it's, it's never too late to start. So before we end for today, I just wanted to, uh, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, if folks listening want to find out more about Fitness Together, 
uh, or, or you know talk to you about uh, potential uh, potential packages that you might have. Uh, how can they do that? Yeah, so we have uh, we have two studios. Um, I have one in White Bay and one in Mequon. And so if you just look up Fitness Together, um, you'll be able to find us pretty easily. Uh, the actual website is fitnesstogether.com slash whitefishbay or slash mequon. And as um, you, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Nope, I was just going to say that there's also um, three other fitness togethers in the Southeast Wisconsin area too. And there's one in Brookfield and Delafield and Wauwatosa. So Perfect. we're all over. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I wanted to, to, to bring up is that, you know, um, there are other locations that offer this exact same uh, approach. And so, so if anyone, listeners that might be uh, from different areas in the state or perhaps even in different states, uh, this is something that could be in your neck of the woods. So you should check it out. I just had a question about that also. I know we're getting to the end, but uh, you mentioned doing online classes, and we do have many, many listeners from other areas of the country. And I was wondering if somebody decided they wanted to have, say, you or one of your folks as a trainer, can they do that online through you? They can. Uh, COVID has presented a, a lot of issues um, and troubles for many people. But one thing that it, it brought us was the ability to pivot and, and now add virtual training to, to our services. And so we've been uh, essentially troubleshooting that for the last year and a half. And, and we have a pretty good system set up now. So we actually have uh, former clients that have moved away to other parts of the country and, and they're back with us now um, because we're able to connect virtually and and so they, you know, they remember the relationship that we had with them. And, you know, so we're able to connect. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Technology allows us to connect with anybody anywhere. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's one of the, the benefits that the last year has given us for sure. Well, that, that is great to know. And, and all this information has been really, really helpful. And I've learned quite a bit just from talking to you now. So I really appreciate that, Holly. Thank you so much again. Uh, yeah, thank you guys. This was my pleasure. And Bruce, uh, before we uh, before we get going, where can folks find out about what you have going on? Where can they get in contact with you? Find out about all of the the stuff that you uh, are involved with. So you can go on our website at brucesteam.com. and on there we have all of the podcasts that we've done, and and we'll continue to keep putting the new podcasts on as we go forward. And again, that's on brucesteam.com with no apostrophe, or you can call us anytime at 262-242-6177. And my wife, Jean, will probably answer and <laughs> we'll be happy to answer any questions we can about real estate or any of the topics we've covered. Perfect. Just don't catch them when they're uh, at a session with Holly. They'll, uh, then they'll, they'll get back to you right after, though. They'll right after that. So, so uh, sounds great. Uh, and uh, just for those listening, again, uh, you can, of course, find all episodes, past episodes, future episodes of the podcast at Bruce's website, www. Is that enough W's? Yep, that was enough W's. www.brucesteam.com. Or you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, so make sure to, uh, you can find the Moving in the Right Direction podcast there. Subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. 
And uh, thank you guys so much for joining us today. And thank you out there, everybody, for listening. Join us next week when we'll be joined by another great guest. And uh, we will keep you moving in the right direction. Thanks, everybody. See you then.